right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Sunday night here in the Kill House. Solly here. Uh, Mr. Tron Carter is back. He's been he's been gone from us for a couple weeks. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. DJ Pi here as always. We can't get rid of him. Thrilled to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. A uh, very weird day in golf. I don't think we can say in golf. Uh, in the universe. Yeah, in the sports universe. In the universe in general, it was. Uh, Kobe Bryant uh, died tragically in a helicopter accident today, and on, like, I've, I don't know about you guys, I, I, this is not that relevant, but I'm not a big Kobe fan, and I can't recall ever get, like being hit harder by like news. I don't know if it's because I, I found out like as soon as DJ shared it with us, it was like almost as immediately after it was released, and I just felt very involved in it, and I struggled today. Yeah, right. it was kind of a shot to the head a little bit. Um, Tron, I know you... We're driving when you heard it like that. It, it, I don't know. Everything kind of just doesn't totally make sense in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a hoax or something at first, um, and then some of the reports that came out prematurely about his family and other people, Rick Fox and all that, is just it, awful. I mean, but like, I, I guess they they TMZ broke it before they notified his family too, so. Anyway, really, I don't know. Yeah, that. I heard that today, or like just a little bit ago. But I mean, kind of, I think use this pod to like not think about it, right? Yeah, yeah, I think for sure we're gonna, we're going to address it and kind of uh, yeah talk a little bit about how they addressed it on on the broadcast and such. But uh, yeah, we're gonna gonna try to leave that as much in the in the in the dust as we can. But I was, I, I, if I can't comment very well on things that happened Sunday, as I was, I like very, I comprehended very little today. So yeah, I think it 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 was one of those things for me that. I've thought about this with big uh, world events a lot recently where it, it seems like everybody, you know, we spend so much time online. That's where a lot of this community sprung up from. And, you know, it seems like a lot of you listening to this spend a lot of time online as well. And it just seems like uh, everybody's emotions are just running at 200 miles per hour all the time. And, and everything is almost like pedal to the metal uh, emotionally that when something like this, that's even in another stratosphere, like it's hard to, it's hard to even feel like you're giving it the weight that it deserves because it feels like people are just saying the same cliches all the time, constantly. And uh, today was definitely one of those days where just words like I, I'm with you. I'm not a huge Kobe fan by any means. Like I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of basketball when I was a kid and and all of those things. But yeah, it's hard to feel like you're even putting it in perspective because. You just use the same words constantly all the time. And so, yeah, it was just a very weird feeling all day. And I, I want to be sympathetic towards uh, having – I do not envy those at all that are in the position of being live on television uh, to talk about this while it's happening. But it was very weird how it all went down on the broadcast in that Faldo went from suggesting that Tiger well, – the CBS came out and said that Tiger knew about it, that LaCava had told him. They said LaCava had – and then they know about it and they said we I think they said we don't know if there was tweets that were sent out it's like CBS was reporting that I know Dottie Dottie said like I can confirm Lakava knows I don't I don't know that she outright said now Tiger knows I'd have to see that well then Faldo went as far to suggest that Tiger should take a break from his round and release a statement like a, a one minute statement to the camera 
while he was making the turn. Faldo was incoherent this weekend. I mean, like, I can't think of anything that's, like, more absurd. <laughs> One, he didn't know, and two, why, like, what? Like, it's just, uh, I, I don't want to start this from the top, just ripping CBS, but, like, that's just something that, like, I can't fathom how wrong about a situation you could be. And he said, we're lucky in golf, we've only had this happen to <laughs> Payne Stewart, like, at the top. I just don't. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to. There's plenty of things to roast CBS about. I'll give them a pass on trying to react to world-breaking news uh, in the middle of a golf tournament, which I don't think any of those guys are really, or gals, are really uh, prepared to to totally do. The only kind of cheap golf connection I'll make to the Kobe news is I'm glad Tiger didn't win today because, you know, say what you want about the Sneed record and some of it's kind of manufactured, some of it's... It's whatever, but you know, Tiger has referenced for his entire career how much it means to get to 83. Like, I got to get to 83 first. I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to do that. And for it to happen, if that would have happened like today, when he couldn't have had the whole day to himself, that would have been yeah. really yeah. shitty. So I was a big like I, I was a big Kobe guy. I am a big Kobe guy. Just I don't know. Like the, the whole Mamba thing is sick. And there's something about av like aviation accidents that. You know, whether it be plane crashes or helicopter crashes, like Steve Ray Vaughan, one of my favorite musicians of all time, that like the finality of it and the suddenness of it that makes it so much more. It's just jarring. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, and, and it, like it always seems to happen at the most unexpected of times, too. You know? Um, yeah. It's, it's a struggle, man. It's, uh, there's no words you can say to make it better or I don't know. I, I, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it just was. It just hit, man. I, I, can't, I can't imagine it being someone in sports that I actually like looked up to very close. You know what I mean? It's just like if I got hit that hard by it, it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm struggling to transition to golf, but I think it's time to do that. Uh, Mark Leishman, uh, final round 65 to win uh, by one over John Rom. Rom finished with a fury. Yeah, by the birdie, way. birdie, birdie, five under in his last six with a bogey. To just miss out by one, uh, Leash putted his ass off. I look at like he had st positive strokes gain putting on like fourteen of eighteen holes today, which is almost impossible to do. And he missed a six footer on the third. <laughs> oh too. my god! He didn't um, drive it great, which we'll get to at a certain point. Uh, but also, just I, I tweeted that out mostly just to make fun of Tory Pines and how like. Like what? What are we? What are we doing here? Like you don't even have to. Like the tee shots are so inconsequential. It's almost swinging in the opposite direction of the tee shots being so valuable in so many other courses that now it's like, oh yeah, like it. It's super narrow fairways, but like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you hit them. <laughs> I was surprised. Which is weird. Is that your man Lanto didn't? I know. Didn't I thought he was going to tear it up this yeah. week. Is is it because the? I genuinely don't know. Is it because like the rough is not, the ball doesn't sit down. Is it sit like? Does it sit up in that rough, or why is it so inconsequential? Because it seems long enough. It seems I think it's a punishing enough. It's I don't know. Yeah, combination of a lot of things in that they're so narrow that everyone's going to miss them. Like yeah, it's some of the, the narrowest fairways on tour, and just with the dispersion pattern that comes with a a tour pro like averaging whatever it is like two ninety five or whatever they average off the tee like. 26, 27 yards is not wide enough right. to maintain even like the straightest of drivers. Um, and it's also like the, the playing corridors there are so wide, especially with all the tree removal that it's like, whether you're a yard offline or like 20 yards mm -hmm. offline, it doesn't really matter. Right. So like guys just swing, you can get it up around. The yeah. Green just somewhere. like hit it far. And actually, and the Tigers benefit a ton from this in the past, like blowing it further offline into the crowd where it's trampled Go right. is even better. Go way Go right. Way right. Go way Leash gave us a go yeah, way right that. at one point today. I was like, shout out to the cat right there. Um, the, the shot that Leash hit 
on, I mean, shit, some of those putts, like that, that stretch from 10 through 14 or 15. He, yeah, he had like a 20 foot par out. save. He had an eight foot par save, a 12 foot par but save. The sh- but the shot that he hit on. Which he, he won by one. Like the point, yeah, I mean, looked, totally. like he, looked like he was yeah. going to win by a lot. And all those putts that he made turned out to be very, very consequential. The shot that he hit on 14. Oh, from he, the right. Oh my god! To get that on the green, like I was listening <laughs> that one hole when he was in the right rough. <laughs> no, like, that, one, that that one was legitimately way way right. Yeah, and he was he was kind of on that upslope, and had to get it under those trees. The fact that he got that on the green was, was otherworldly. He made a twenty footer for par on twelve. He made a twelve footer for par on fourteen. He made an eight footer for par on fifteen. And that the one on fourteen that you're talking about, I think it was fourteen, was. Not to make this a broadcast thing, and I don't know what you do differently, but the broadcast is not f- capable of showing how hard that was. No, you know what I mean. Like you got a you got a it, sense of it that like oh my god, how did he sneak that onto the front quadrant? But it's so like I don't know what they could do differently that would show just how effed he was. I think was some of that there. comes comes back to we talked about it a month ago from from uh, Royal Melbourne is just some of the high the high towers. Yeah flatten everything out because because yeah. there's a lot more movement at Tory than it right. looks like yeah they had a couple of views in number four they're actually like dude like that is where it's at right yeah. there they're those handheld cameras which you know they I, i'll give cbs credit for that they use a lot more handhelds which i love the handhelds. the handhelds are way better view now it's like they just don't have nearly enough cameras set up elsewhere i actually don't want to i mean well, we could spend an hour taking down this broadcast this weekend i don't want it i actually for once i'm gonna bypass <laughs> the opportunity to do it like it was like it was so bad i'm with dj on this like it was so bad that it's not even like we're the job well, like, they are who they are who we thought they were it's always <laughs> jarring the first one they it do was every year, right? yeah like maybe it'll be different <laughs> yeah. the only thing worth discussing is like really you got rid of costas and mccord for like Davis Love, yeah, and I like Davis Love. Listen, but like, it's not he and Justin Leonard are a tough scene. The idea that that was going to change the game is just so indicative of the issue that you know it's not even worth discussing. I believe Lou Brown called it uh, rearranging martini cocktail martinis on the Hindenburg. Martini olives, or martini olives. But yeah, sorry, in martinis. Right, on the that sounds about right. But sorry, Lou, I kind of mm. butchered the delivery. Which, there. which, to their credit, or to their credit or discredit, <laughs> um, you know, nothing's going to change until until Mister uh, Mister yeah. Lance is is gone. Which is the end of this year, correct? Correct. Okay, yeah. So it's going to be like this all year. So we're not going to spend. Every uh, hour of every episode doing it, just know that we hate it, and you probably <laughs> hate it too. They, they missed Rom's eagle yesterday. Yeah, they didn't even address it. Yeah. And Rom called him out. That was awesome. Like they, he, the first highlight they show in his post round interview is like, all right, here on six. He's like, wait, I made eagle on two. And Dolly was like, oh yeah, we weren't on the air yet. It's like, yeah, you, you actually were, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, how many shots did they show of leash yesterday? Oh, that's another thing. It's like <laughs> the reason why we scream about them not showing people. This is already after we said we're not going to talk about the broadcast, but it is because they didn't show Leash at all in round three, and he won the f- fucking golf tournament. Oh. All right, now I'm worked up. All right, now <laughs> we can get going. Uh, the cat, the cat was impressive this week. I mean, he just like didn't blow anyone away, but I mean, it's the wedge, always the wedges were a little bit rusty. Yeah, it's a little dicey, but like we don't know what we're going to get from him when he tees it up, and he seemed very much in control. And very confident, very cool, uh, very legal. Very legal, very, <laughs> very cool. Uh, the mid-irons were pornographic. Yeah, it was. It, I know it's a place he's obviously very, very comfortable at, but uh, that was a very encouraging start to the year. And some cold weather, too. I mean, that's kind of the issue with him is the back with the cold and... Sweater weather. Sweater you never weather. know what you're going to get yeah. in the sweater weather. All the delays yesterday, yeah. too, at the site of the deactivation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's got to be a tough seed for him, but... Um, and, and 
his ball spinning out of the hole? Oh, I don't understand. What, I still don't understand that. I don't think I've ever seen that at any point, a ball going, it's like submerging and coming out of it like that. Um, yeah, it was great. It was great to see. I don't think we're going to see um, any crazy stuff with the schedule for him. It sounds like he's shutting it down until Riviera. Um, I don't think there's any huge takeaway other than like that was great to see. Everyone, people are bitching about, listen, bitching about like them following ti- every one of Tiger's steps. Like that is totally and reasonably expected. He was in the golf tournament. People want to tune in to see Tiger. I don't want to hear that as a complaint for CBS. Yeah, no, I agree. Do not, that, do not misconstrue our issues with them to have anything to do with the fact they show a lot of Tiger Woods. You guys want to hear a stat? Um, so Tiger finished T9. He's played 360 PJ Tour events uh, and finished in the top 10 199 times. That's what, 50, like 60%, 50, 55% clear. of the time. Just over Seems 55%. Decent. That sounds about right. Is, uh, that, is that good or no? Like imagine, I, I don't even know how to state it. Like you see these young players and like, oh man, top 10, it's really going to get a season going. Like that's huge. It's like, no, he does it more than half the time. He tees it up. How much... How and much, I wonder how much that's come down, even with all the, you know, he had the scandal years. Does that stat sheet that you got there have how much tax money he has paid just from this week in his career alone? <laughs> all a lot it. of California taxes. Like yeah, double-digit millions of taxes paid just from the farmer's insurance open. Yeah, unbelievable. Which is, I want to see somebody compile this, where he would be in the career earnings just at the farmer's. I bet he'd be top 150 in the career. Probably, yeah. Above or below J.J. Henry. I bet he'd be top one, easily top 100, seven-time tour winner. JJ's amassed yeah. a lot of money. As you've, it all goes back to the greatest take of all time. That JJ Henry's like a predatory lender, going from Tron, going into small markets, Reno, Moline, and just fleecing Hartford. these Hartford, just fleecing these poor people out of money. That so, was the highlight of the PGA show last week. The, the purple mamba. So, so two highlights: walking around, purple mamba had a purple shirt underneath his sport coat <laughs> and a purple pocket square. And then after you guys left on Thursday, I'm walking around. I'm like, was that, was that Jim Caldwell, the former Colts coach? I, I do a double no take. I went, Playoffs. I went around. The, no, I was Jim Mora. Oh, Jim, Jim, Jim Caldwell is the one that yeah, yeah. always had that blank expression. Yes, okay. on his face. Yeah, sorry. And I did a double take and and like act like I dropped something. And I went back. And sure enough, it was Jim <laughs> Jim Caldwell. You know. What was his credential? Like, probably, you know, probably industry pro or something. <laughs> like that. Um, we are not going to break down the PGA show sh- uh, yeah, stop yeah. by stop. But uh, going back to Rom, did we? I was so I was listening on the radio today. Um, did we get a a? Uh, I didn't hear one. I know what you're going. Uh, yeah. He's really, really keeping his emotions in <laughs> check. I did not get why. He kind of low key seemed like he was keeping. I actually kind of did. Check. Yeah, because it but sounded it like there was going to be through. an absolute fucking meltdown. I after can't the wait. Third hole. I, I I have a tweet ready for whatever he does. It's like, yeah, Rom is you know really keeping emotions in check. Checking in with Rom tools there. Yeah, he actually stabbed a fan with yeah, a broken club exactly. shaft. Can um, we get some of those people from the first responders hole over here? We've got <laughs> Rom just murdered three fans. Huge first responders scene out there this week. Massive first responders scene, which is really cool for Randy. I know he's a big. First yeah, maybe guy. some. Uh, we don't have to get into it. Can some guys, liberties taken with that that flag. That's there's some some interesting stuff around promoting that heavily at a PJ Tour event, but we can talk about that later. Can you guys help me with something here? Um, the broadcast sucks. The course <laughs> is boring. The leaderboard bunches. Um, why is this tournament so entertaining every year? Because like, the leaderboard like, is always good, but it always feels like a Super Bowl to me. Is it just because there's no football this week and feels like people are really engaged? It always feels huge. As much as I love Sony, it's it's essentially the first big tournament of the right. year. I think um, all PJ of this is eight kickoffs. <laughs> yeah, I think all of this is uh, 
the cat. Yeah, you're you're giving you're looking for reasons other than the obvious one here, which is just. But that even it's the when cat. the cat's not there, but that's what I'm saying. It's all residual cat okay. effect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm serious. It's like it's how people thought that like Wells Fargo was a really premier event because cat played it like three times, and all of a sudden it's like God, this field fucking stinks. You know, shout out to I mean, Max. But, well, it, it's gotten better, but you know what I'm saying. But you know, you got you got Rom typically plays well. Rory was in the field this week. Rory that was, was massive. Field. Yeah, Rory. Any comment on Rory? I mean, he, you know, kind of spit the bit today. Played like I was shocked to see him shoot 69 after starting. He bogeyed three out of his first four holes. Like badly bogeyed yeah. them too. I, I, Rory just doesn't like strike me as a great poa guy. You know, like I, I don't see it have any real. He's never had really success on the West Coast, and I feel like I'm about to have egg on my face. But off the top of my head, like he's never really match played Harding Park. But yeah, it, that's all that really is like springing to mind. Uh, Played well at Chambers Bay, obviously. Yeah, that was like that. That, that was a different. That was like poa. the mega poa. That was the wrong kind of poa. That <laughs> yeah. was the broccoli poa. But he like, he doesn't seem like a West Coast swing guy. Uh, I mean, Tiger obviously grew up on Does that. He play kind well, of Riviera. Am I making that? Up? I don't really think he's done a whole yeah, lot at Riviera. Great. I like. I think there's there's an important distinction with poa. Because I happen to be on the right poa, I make fucking everything. Yeah. But then at Pebble. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get the ball within four feet of the hole. So I think there's there's bumpy, soft poa, and then there's there's a kind of poa that like more more like the Tory poa that seems firmer and and shout out to the course like you know it's a it's a kind of an easy whipping boy I think but you know they, they spent fourteen million dollars on it so I, I would hope they made some changes I think Reese Jones is 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 collecting his paychecks with a ski mask on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no bid contracts out to the to the city of, of San Diego. But La Jolla. No, or, or now like, it's no, San it's, Diego. It's San Diego Parks or gotcha, whatever. Okay. But um, I liked some of the stuff that they, they'd done. The fairways running into some of the bunkers, some of the new tee boxes. I don't know. It was... Seemed like it was progress, right? Fourteen million dollars worth of progress. It, well, yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> I know irrigation's expensive and all yeah. that. But... I mean, I, when the U.S. Open goes there... There's no possible way they don't like cut down some of that rough around the greens, right? I mean, that is so dumb and so boring. Especially for how, like you said earlier, how wide the corridors yeah. are. You could make it extremely, like just firm up the greens and make it extremely about like, you know, cut down all the surrounds and cool. Like, if, if you miss the green, you're going to have an impossible well, I think, 25-yard pitch coming back. I think the thing that all the architecture people always say is, you know, you're you're on this spectacular site and you don't really use any of the cliffs, right? Which... Who knows? Maybe the reasons, like erosion reasons, or I, I don't really know why. Maybe it's just bad <laughs> architecture too. But you know, Sally and I were watching earlier, texting or something. Was it Snedeker that hit that shot on oh, four? God, he it was just like a dead pull hook. That where, where you're looking at it, and you're like, dude, fourth. that needs to be in the ocean. And maybe you can't move the green closer, but maybe there's things you can do on like softening those. Or, or harshening, uh, whatever you want to say. But to your point, cutting down some of the rough, yeah, cutting down some of these like like a catching spots, mudslide. yeah, <laughs> just like making it so so there's more teeth in. in some it of seemed those like holes. they did move a couple of them closer to the cliffs, right? They moved the fourth fairway closer to the cliff, but like that approach, as soon as he hit it, it was just a dead pull hook. I'm like, from 220 yards, I'm like, dude, that has to be whatever is over there. That has to be off the planet. And it just like stopped in the rough, and he just—I don't know if he got—I don't—I don't remember if he got up and down or what, but it looked like. So take the fifteenth hole. Rom today was in the right rough, and he tries to play left of the green. And I don't know if this was new or not, but they have actually had fairway 
like around yeah, the left side of that seeing, green. I do not remember seeing And his that. ball rolled down the fairway and rolled into the back of a bunker. Instead of stopping in just like ankle deep rough near the green, it rolled to the downslope of the back of a bunker and he yes. made bogey. Like that was like a deserved how the way around those greens it should play. And some yeah. guys just cramming balls over them and it's stopping two feet over the green. Like it just is so boring and repetitive. It's letting the greens rub a little bit more. <laughs> more rub. There you go. There you go. Uh, Brant Snedeker hits some of the squirreliest shots sometimes. He's on that plane with Webb. Well, I so I, I, I just picked up on this this past week too. Um, when he putts, he uses what they call a pop stroke. Uh, it's kind of like a shorter little stroke here. Sure. But watch for that the next. Uh, next Some of his misses, though, I feel, I feel a certain kinship with him because his tempo is so quick. Totally. I'm like, yeah, oh, dude, yeah. I got, I got that move. That kind of quick. Yeah. You're coming out of it, or you know, straight yeah, I hood. I forget when was it the year Ernie won that he played really well at the British Open, and. Was, we like got to Saturday and he was total control and then all of a sudden yeah that tempo exactly that kind of stuff you're like oh my god this oh, guy no. does not yeah. look comfortable <laughs> yeah yes um, before we continue I, I want to talk more toward before we go can you guys tell me what do Madeline Sagstrom and Mark Leishman have in common um, well they both hoisted trophies this week I know they were both tour winners on Sunday but they also have a lot of similarity with regards to the clubs in their golf bags oh my Sagstrom was the first player on a major worldwide tour to win with the new Callaway Maverick driver, and Leishman quickly followed. Sagstrom, who ranked 127th in driving accuracy, hit all 14 fairways on Sunday, and so did Mark Leishman. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't the holes that he was playing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They, they, they didn't show those on TV. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, they showed the <laughs> he three. He did hit 14 fairways, just not the ones he was aiming at. <laughs> he walked down all 14 fairways. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he did hit three fairways, of course. He, he drove it well the rest of the week, just not Sunday. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Imagine how well he must have drove it the rest of the week to even be in contention. <laughs> um, and also Madeline hit all 14 fairways on Friday, which is pretty sick. Uh, made some incredible up and downs over the course of the day with the Jaws wedges that both she and Leishman game. Well, I was, I was, a, little, I was a little bit worried about Leash coming into 18 flashbacks to Kyle I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I was like, man, that shot doesn't look that hard. How did, how did Kyle Stanley spin it off there twice into the water? Stanley had, <laughs> had longer to go and his ball landed on the slope. So it just gave it like the mega juice mm -hmm. and it rolled back. In well, maybe don't land it there. But Leash was playing a Jaws wedge. <laughs> he was, but he was closer to a little less That's, spin. So like, smarter. Yeah, I mean, smarter I know this it. is an ad read, but this is a personal testimonial. Those wedges spin. They're crazy. So much. So much. <laughs> I would be Magoo scared to Central. hit that shot, but Leash might be a little more qualified to handle it than we are. Uh, when it came to putting, you guessed it. They're both rolling Odyssey putters. Madeline had the new Stroke Lab Black Marksman, uh, which pretty much makes it impossible to put a bad stroke on the ball. And also looked like Leash didn't miss a 15-footer. We already talked about that down the stretch. Um, it was a pretty good day for the number one driver on major worldwide tours and the number one putter in golf. Maverick was also the most played Callaway driver across major tours. How about that? Uh, this past week, and they won the driver count on the LPGA tour. Callaway won the driver count on the LPGA tour. So. Real quick note on Sagstrom. She's she she was a rookie in 2017. Like her career's off to a very good start. Mm -hmm. Swedish. Um, you know, big uh played in the Solheim Cup 2017 as a rookie. Hmm. So there you have it. Which is like a rookie on the LPGA tour. That's what you mean. Not like as a rookie on the Solheim Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but I mean, it probably goes to show you too just how little depth there is on the European yeah. side for the Solheim Cup. But uh, Nasa Hatayoka almost went back to back. That is that almost. is not included within this ad. But yes, for more on their <laughs> oh, clubs, we're still on the ad. Visit oh CallawayGolf.com <laughs> uh, for more info. Anything else from Tori before we move on? Uh, we we mentioned Tyler McCumber. 
You, you, Clean card. Six with, with the cat. Tiger. That was yeah, kind of gave a little bit of it back today, but um, that was a that was a wild. Uh, Personally, that was a very wild pairing to see Baker, uh, my of course my former partner at the uh, Web.com Junior Shootout, uh, f- fantasy football, uh, you know, compatriot of ours, and uh, Tyler McCumber, who I I think maybe last saw uh, upstairs at the Kill House when he came over here to do a trap draw, and it was <laughs> like yeah, next on the tee, <laughs> these two guys and Tiger fucking Woods. Like, oh, that's, see him that's cool. Pretty man. much every day at Bold Bean, the local yeah. coffee shop. Uh, but McCumber, I mean, pretty cool of them to like the, the <laughs> to ignore I know. Tyler McCumber, Dude, son of a ten-time tour winner. I'm trying not Playing to with not Tiger. to do the CVS stuff, but it's like. Man, I wonder why nobody knows who these guys are. It's like, here's a young kid. He's like the opposite of everybody on tour. He loves surfing. He's like a super introspective, smart traveler, like really interesting dude. Playing with Tiger Woods, you have every fucking camera in the world already out there following him. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're yeah. Now, well, we're here at 17. Apparently, he's played pretty well, we're told. It's like, uh, oh, cool, so man. We talked about this a little bit on how... You know what helped? Like it, weirdly, I'm so much more engaged in a tournament during CBS week because I'm like <laughs> waiting for the gotcha moments. I'm a detective <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell's going on in the tournament. Like I, I have to pull up a leaderboard to be like, oh yeah. shit! Like Harry Higgs is making a move. Like, uh, Shout out to Harry too. Wow, awesome he was week. impressive, yeah. and he got a lot of. He has a vibe and a half coming down the 18th <laughs> yeah. fairway. People were loving that. Uh, Zach had a Zach Blair had a had a decent week. Kind of didn't. He's going to make any putts this weekend. Any putts. Uh, he had a super fan following around, too. Shout out to the Trout Slayer. The Trout Slayer. If um, anybody saw any video, I think Zach was posting some of them on Instagram, yeah, but well, just screaming after every putt. Blair! <laughs> Blair, let's go! We're going to yeah, try to get him on the, on the trap draw. Me too. Uh, I also, shout out to the tour for putting uh, Colin Morikawa in the... Or is... Moriyama. Uh, yeah, Moriyama. <laughs> um, in, in a featured pairing. Like, that's the, that, that was a cool move. For them to put him with Tiger first first couple totally. of days. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I want to give a shout out. I love when they do when they've got two courses. First, it, yeah. It, it's so much fun to figure out. All right, like these these guys all played on the north course. Yeah, but he's on the south. He shot yeah. five under on the south. Yeah. yeah. I, I love prognosticating based on that stuff. Uh, last CBS, they make a bigger field too. Somebody tweeted. I forget who it was. I, I apologize. Somebody goes, "Oh fuck, Azinger's actually good." <laughs> just like after watching this week, like, oh no, uh, the speed thing is is real. The the weekend thing it's is tough. unfortunately very real. Speed is now outside the top fifty for the first time in six and a half years, which is. I mean, is that bad? <laughs> Maybe. So he's probably going to miss like match play good. unless he. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I forget when he does it cut off the week before. It must. Right? I feel like I feel like Pebble and L A coming up. Yeah, got to be pretty. It's top 64, though, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not top he's, 50. He's yeah. plummeting but pretty But I'm sure he's plummeting quickly, though. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, yeah not it's, not, it's not good. Man. Dude, and I was so, gosh, I was so excited on, like, Thursday, Friday. Like, oh, Speed's got it to four under? This, I'm going to be parked on the couch this weekend. Well, the reason to be optimistic was that his birdie average was still insane and that he was still, like, birdieing 20% of the holes, top 10 on tour and birdie average. Just needed to clean up the biggie. Just offsetting it with so many bogeys, and it just doesn't make sense to, to have that volatility. So, you know, if you're optimistically looking at it, you're saying, oh, yeah, just clean it up a little bit and you're fine. But, like, if that continues, obviously, it's, this is going to be the same story every week. So, Baker shot 78 today. Tough scene. Tough scene. But, uh, last thing about Tori for me was this is for sure uh, the most obvious statement of the week. Rory hit, like, four or five shots uh, this week that I'm like, oh, my God, nobody else on the planet can do that. 
And it looked easy. And the, I know. The five wood out of the bunker oh today God. was absurd. The one yesterday was like, I think it was on 12, 190 into the wind, right up against the lip. He just lifts probably like a seven iron or something. And Just it. lifts it straight up, drops it completely softly three feet from the hole. I'm like, this is not the same sport that a lot of these guys are playing. Like, how does this guy not win every single week? Man? Well, it, it didn't feel like he had his anywhere close to his no, best stuff. And but it, three. Like, I don't know what, what it was. That was the biggest week I can remember as far as just really highlighting what he can do that other people can't do. Yeah, get him on some greens that he knows well. I think we can see him. We're going to see him. I yeah. think he could even have a better year this year than last year. Yeah. I think I think Riviera in a few weeks is going to be totally yeah. Sick. All right, that event's gonna be awesome. Are we ready to get to the highlight of this show? World tour, baby. Oh my can we talk God. Dubai for a second? Sure. Uh, yeah, I have that on there sure. after the world tour, but we can talk okay. Dubai if you want. We can. Well, I don't know. I, I, mean, I feel like it kind of rolls sure. in a little bit too. Sure. Um, yeah, you got Lucas Herbert, who you know, a, a, a fellow excavator <laughs> for Patrick Reed. <laughs> How quickly we forget at this event last year. It was 2019 Dubai. Way worse than the Reed one. Way worse. And he got. Pilloried, yeah, in the Australian media, and but like, I didn't, re- I didn't see many. I don't follow same two stroke penalties we like, got. I didn't see a ton of people really floating that around. I'm guessing security wasn't removing a bunch of Reed cheater yellers as they were. In heard, La Jolla that, heard that was a San thing Diego. this, this yeah. week, right? Yeah. Definitely, they were at removing people that were harassing Mr. Reed from you, reports you, you out of here. <laughs> Wait, so Ryan Palmer ejected somebody on TV uh, this past week, and nobody seemed to get all up in arms about it like they did when JT did it at the Honda. Yeah, listen, man, life's not fair. <laughs> I don't know what you are. I didn't, I'm just I don't pointing that out. Well, yeah. pointing well that Ryan out. Palmer has, they've got Arnie's army. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Arnie's First of army. First of all, Mr. Palmer. <laughs> Speaking of Arnie's army, I want to give a shout out to the commercials on PGA Tour Radio. Oh, my God. They're, is it Mike Stone? Is I believe so, name? yeah. And it, there's a full album of guitar, like acoustic guitar songs about Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Hello, Arnie. <laughs> we're is, your army. I, I think the one song is called "Thank You, Arnie." We're parentheses. We're your army. Remix too. I, I did a double take. I sent it to the guys last night. There's yeah, another one. One week in April, I believe it's called. <laughs> it's kind of stuck in my head. I did not uh, did my, not appreciate that. It might need to be a uh, yeah. It might need to change the intro music. Bryson getting put on the clock on the back nine and then melting down. Yeah, you guys see the picture of him in front of the enormous Omega Watch ad. <laughs> I was like trying so hard to come up with a tweet like European Tour at it again with their half baked <laughs> ideas on how to fight slow play. Uh, yeah, he bogeyed the last four holes to shoot seventy six. How many shots back did he finish? Um, Who can hold, say? please? That's a great question. Uh, it was. It kind of set up the, a great day, and then. Few guys kind of spit the bit. Eddie, Eddie Pepperell, uh, Fleetwood didn't play well. Um, Bryson obviously lit himself on fire. So, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a dud down the stretch um, as far as the actual action goes. But you know, I think you've got to think a lot of these guys are, are saving their energy for <laughs> for uh, Royal Greens Golf Club next week. Correct. <laughs> the first major of the year. Yeah. Bryson did finish four back after bogeying the last four holes after being put on the clock on the back nine, which is which is which is tremendous. But he said he was welcoming, uh, you know, the new the new slow play, you know, initiatives. So uh, we got. So I'm going over the field list for for the Saudi event next week. Brooks, Dustin, Patrick Reed, Akshay's in. Uh, do not see Bryson's name on that. Yeah, I thought he was in. I I, I guess I kind of just assumed he was in. But. Yeah. Um, he, I know he definitely played last year and was helping grow grow the game in the kingdom last year. One name that stood out, um, Sebastian Crampton. He's an American guy, 
was on the McKenzie tour last year, got a sponsor's exemption to the Saudi event. He's a he graduated from Cal Berkeley in 2019. That just stuck out to me. Like, how? Who? What? Can we, can we just discuss? So I think we've touched on it, like with Saudi. Like, why? What we kind? I know we talked about it a bit last week, but what we think of why we're quick to criticize the top players in the game for playing it versus like regular European tour players or other players. Is there a difference in your guys' mind? I think so for sure. Um, is there, you know like a humanist difference no probably not but from a career perspective i get why i mean akshay is like a good example of someone that's like man you got no status anywhere and you got to make something happen Mm -hmm. how do you you know how do you turn down a opportunity to go possibly do something huge and get status on the euro tour and just start running downhill but or a guy like a richie ramsey or somebody like that who every Every shot counts. Every point counts in in the in the race back to Dubai. But if you're literally just showing up to, you know, as Co- you said, you got, you got the ski mask yeah. on, and you're just put the fucking money in the bag. Let's go. That's what I think That's is not, not Im- quite as good. Important to spell out is like the way I try to view it. With my old job, if I was assigned to go to Saudi Arabia on a work trip, I'd be like, yeah, okay, like I got to do that. But like with this job, if our responsibility <laughs> was like, hey. You guys can go and just say amazing things about it and collect a big fat paycheck for doing it. Or you, there's also other things you have the option of doing that are, you know, more morally sound. Which, which would you choose? And like we would have a decision in that regard, and we would probably and we would not go. I can we actually had say, that we had the decision last year. <laughs> they asked us, and we said no. And we said no. So I think there is a, just an important distinction between like Phil going over. Growing the game in the kingdom, getting mo- a shitload of money. Well, from no, that's a, that's a part of the world that he's never been before. He <laughs> wanted true. to explore it, and, and he got an extra two days yeah, to yeah, explore a couple, it. Nice yeah. weekend in Riyadh. Yeah, yeah nice which you know, hopefully, hopefully, he didn't bring his bombs with him. Well, and uh, <laughs> and also the the breathtaking views of the Red Sea that you know Brooks is traveling to go see. So, um, congratulations to them. Can we plus plus, good, plus the other thing is. People, well, well, how's it different than China or like like China is not the one funding the HSBC, like WGC or, you know, the Turkish Airlines Open. Like it isn't funded by um, Erdogan. Like it's right. funded by a private company, you know. Now we're ready to yeah. loop it all in, bring it all together. Please. I've been uh, chomping at the bit. I'm going to do a little bit of fact reading here uh, for the most part just to set the scene in case you guys haven't. Because basically you can you can dive too quickly into this and not really understand what's going on. And I've, I've been through this exercise already this weekend. And it's a good to just come take a full view of it. We actually had a conversation at the PGA show this year. Like, guys, why is nobody talking? I've not heard anyone, like, I've not seen any reports. And we've kind of had internal discussions about this world tour for a while. I think we were kind of agreed, like, maybe we should talk about it this week on the pod. Like, hey, guys, this is going on. And all of a sudden, then Shackelford drops this bomb on Thursday. Which, so, which shout out to Shackelford for, yeah, yeah. for great scoop. And um, it's impressive reporting. So, multiple sources have confirmed to jeffshackelford.com that after years of attempting to commence the World Golf Group's vision, with a 2020 start date, organizers are making another fervent bid to lure top players away from the PGA and European tours with plans to start in 2022 or 2023. The concept was first revealed by Reuters in 2018, has alternatively been known as the World Golf Tour or Tour de Force, which would have been seems like Seems like that's out. But it seems like already as well they've been rebranded. It's <laughs> literally, literally the dumbest name I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. But so dumb that it's great. Uh, maybe. Like, we could have that debate. Well, certainly, wait, but. What would you prefer, World Golf ser- Series or Tour de Force? World Golf Series. Well, no, the, oh, the, get out of here. The Premier Golf League. Premier Golf League is great. PGL, Philip George Landis <laughs> is, is Big Randy's 
Real name, PGL. So we Tron got emailed a Q&A for the PGL. Which, why did I get I, We don't know, but we're going to read journalist. a lot of those answers. The Q&A is unbelievable, the answers to this. It's like... It is like written as Tron would write, like the answers to it. So we, we may have so to. There's no, there's no background. I guess who's asking these questions? I got it from, from just comms, and it's it's like it's an official email address, and it's got the Premier Golf League with their three T's logo there. Uh, but f- okay. further to the official statement issued to the media yesterday evening, please find attached an interview transcript which clarifies key information relating to the Premier Golf League and its objectives. Signed, the comms team. We're going to get to a no, lot of these. No part of it lists who's a, who's asking the questions, <laughs> who's answering the questions, who this whole press release is coming from. I don't know. So we just need it. to absolutely point out the ridiculousness of that up front. Yes. And that all of these answers that we're going to be like reading from and quoting go in eyes wide open that literally we have no idea who it these kids are. It could be the SoftBank guy in Japan. It could be the it could be, it could a, be Crown Prince see, MBS. Yeah. I'm picturing it as somebody He hacked that, into Bezos's phone. It could have been it could have come straight from Jeff Bezos. I'm picturing it as somebody that like has to talk muffled like uh like with the Mike Vick thing. It's like well, so the world tour. <laughs> the world tour. It's kind of like club pro. I've read it kind of in the club pro guy voice. He could be involved. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so Steiny, of all people, was the only agent willing to go on record with Shackelford. Well, do we uh, want to get some of the details out on what this is first? That's what this is going to, I believe, okay. unveil right. here shortly. Uh, two other well-known player representatives confirmed that the concept had serious legitimacy and that players were considering the proposal. Three other agents contacted declined to comment. Four players with knowledge of the proposal would only confirm details fearful of fines for discussing a potential PGA Tour competitor, which is a big element of this, which we'll discuss. Uh, The original concept presented by the group featured an 18-event schedule from January to September with 48 player fields vying for $10 million each week, highlighted by by a season-ending team championship. And we'll get into the team element of that as well. Uh, the World Golf Group's current proposal has since been adjusted after feedback from players is now aiming for 10 events. So this was in the Shackleford report. Yeah. This was not in the uh, what they listed out. They still had everything as 18 events. Correct. Uh, the group is retaining a Formula One-style team component complete with managers and potential drama surrounding players who are signed, benched, or released from franchises. Those franchises offered to a group of megastar players who could retain ownership past their playing days will be capable of generating equity value between $350 million and $750 million, along with 4% of No idea where profit. that number came from. <laughs> no idea. The World Series group's lobbying efforts was a major topic during this week's uh, PGA Tour player meeting from the Farm- Farmers Insurance Open. Commissioner Jay Monahan flew in from Ponte Vedra Beach headquarters and engaged in substantial discussion with players about the pitfalls of the concept. A couple things about that. To clarify. Uh, <laughs> a, that makes it sound like it was a meeting about the... Uh, whatever the hell this is called, the Tour de Force, for lack of a, uh, a different name. That's not true. It was a, a player meeting that which they have every year. Which typically attends that. Which anyway, he, right? I think, always or almost always attends. Yeah. Uh, and based on everything that we heard, uh, there was one question asked. Shout out to Justin Rose. Uh, and so it was basically they got through the player meeting where they're talking about pensions and exemptions and starts and whatever. And then there was a Q&A portion at the end where one player, Justin Rose, brought it up. Monahan gave one answer, and that was the end. So this, there's going to be some like, it kind of makes it sound like, holy shit, the players are meeting about this. I need to hop on the jet and fly in. That yes. not necessarily. The yes, case. Commissioner. What, are, what can you tell me about this world golf series? <laughs> <laughs> Will I have to give up my partnership with Morgan Stanley? <laughs> uh, 
Sources say defectors would face complications related to the releases necessary to play in non-PGA Tour events and loss of eligibility in the Tour's lucrative pension program, among other matters. Do you, you want to detail us on what, what that is? Just the, the releases that are needed for PGA Tour members to play in other events. Yeah. So or, as, or a wild world of golf. Or yeah. a wild world of golf. So <laughs> as it's written right now in the PJ Tour handbook, basically says – not basically, it literally says, uh, no PJ Tour member shall participate in any other golf tournament or event on a date when a PJ Tour co-sponsored tournament or event uh, for which such member is exempt is scheduled. And so what that means is, you know, if you are a member of the PJ Tour and someone wants you to go play in their, you know, any, literally any event. <laughs> Think of the match. Yeah, the match is a good example of something that, like, that was going on, although that wasn't technically on the same date, but still it's an outside PJ Tour, you know, outside the PJ Tour event. So yeah. they needed to have it sanctioned by the PJ Tour officially. Tiger and Phil had to have releases signed. I'm sure there was a substantial seven-figure amount of money that changed hands in order for uh, the the match organizers to, to make that, like, copacetic with the PJ Tour. But, yeah, basically it's the PJ Tours defense so that, you know, and it's not just something like defense. this doesn't pop up. It's yeah. anything that affects their media rights, right? Like them engaging in any competition. Yeah. Outside of the yeah. PJ Tour, yeah. basically the tour owns those media rights, which again, like that's wildly inconvenient for uh, other media folks. But of course, like it makes sense for me. PJ Tour perspective, why they would do that. Yeah. If you're the tour, you, you want to own these rights. These rights are worth the entire tour to you. Yeah. Like that's what your value is, right? I mean, it's not ridiculous that the tour would kind of flex this muscle. No, 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 totally. But at the same time, the tour also signs releases well, to go play. That's what I was going to say. Saudi Arabia. So, <laughs> yes, for sure. So uh, I think the way it's written in the handbook, players basically can lobby for up to like three releases per year. Probably not going to get 18 releases, uh, I wouldn't or think. Or 10. Or 10. Uh, I wouldn't think that's probably going to happen. But... Yeah, that right now, that's why you, you know, if you're Bryson, you can go play in Dubai is because usually the tour will cut a deal on like, okay, if you're skipping this event, you probably got to play it next year. Or if you're, you know, that those kinds of things. Kuchar in Singapore. Kuchar in Singapore is another good one. But yeah, I mean, that, that goes all the way to, you know, if you were doing a hypothetical web-based competition series, like, yeah, the tour might have some feelings about that as well. And Even if you're on the Corn Ferry Tour. Exactly. You to get a release. Yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, it, it all makes sense when you when you drill down into it, but um, that's why. Financing is believed to come from a combination of sources, including Tokyo-based SoftBank and private equity investment from several regions, including the United States and the Middle East. That's not concerning at all. Uh, each eight-month <laughs> season will begin in January, comprised of 18 events, 10 of which will be played in the U.S., others airing during U.S. primetime. Again, this is different than what the uh, the PGL questionnaire and tells us. And then that, that news that broke today, um, shout out to Evan Priest, good scoop there, about uh, the like the Australian Open, Singapore Open, the Dunhill, uh, a few other events are in negotiations with where I don't know how you would, I mean, I guess I'm putting I'm not sure before how, the yeah, horse, but sure I'm not how. sure how you have a 48-person national open <laughs> with sound very maybe that's four very Australians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, play um, hard, Jason Day and Adam Scott. Rather than the traditional the four, there the will be yeah. three days of stroke play competition, 54 holes tournament, no cut, with the quote, you don't send the world's best players home early. That was sick. It's like a press release, but there's also these little jabs yeah. sprinkled throughout, these little like editorial Sorry, lines. I'm, I'm spoiling it, uh, some of that. The first two days will have a shotgun start. <laughs> 
to fit with a five-hour broadcast window, so no slow air. This is like a direct quote. So no slow air. And each final day will go to a 2 T start to maintain the traditional back nine climax. So let's say they're at the Dunhill. Could you imagine going like, all right, cool. You, you get to go off number one. You have to, you have to tee off on the road hole. <laughs> it's not the Dunhill links. It's a different, different tournament. Oh, well, it's the South Africa one? Yeah. Okay. But, so they literally but had to do still, a shotgun yeah. start at the Dunhill links at the old course. What's his name? Had to finish on the road hole. Um, was well, uh, the, the Danish guy that... Lucas Beargard had to oh, hit like right. a two iron or something into 17 to finish on the road hole. Uh, Which I don't, I don't really know how I feel about that. Well, we'll get into it later. Yeah. Go, keep going. All right. So, all right. Yeah, we can go, we can start working into this document too. It kind of reads, kind of reads like a manifesto more so yeah, than a that's document. that's a great word. Uh, <laughs> I miss that each final day will go to a 2T start yeah. to maintain the traditional back nine climax. Totally. Like 2T start on Sunday or on the final round is... Kind of diabolical too. Well, they do. I mean, they, they do that. They this do. Time yeah, they, but, but the field's but, a lot bigger. Yeah. But with a forty-eight person field, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I have this idea. I don't know how much this we want to read, but <laughs> Tron is our representative PGL uh, <laughs> expert here. I, I'm just going to ask you some questions from this document. Sure. I would just read the interview transcript. That imagining that you came up with this. So, so what is the league? Sally, I'm so so glad you asked. <laughs> this is not a direct quote. <laughs> Um, it, it's a new improved format devised in consultation with those. Actually, I thought this was interesting. Devised in consultation with those who fund the sport at the highest professional level. So that would imply that they have partnerships lined up with sponsors, um, you know, large multinational corporations who who are already deeply involved in golf or have been in the past. Designed simply to be the best product golf is capable of producing. And then, so individual and team league format, only the best playing against the best each week, which I think a lot of what I'm paraphrasing here, but a lot of the criticism has been, doesn't this just equate to like more WGCs? Yeah, it's like the WG, it's like even a light WGC. It's less inclusive than the WGCs. Because WGCs at least like bring... If I may say, a lot of undeserving international players to the bottom of the leaderboard <laughs> of a lot of WGCs, uh, but it is a world golf event in that regard. So, like, why do you like, hate the Japan Tour so much? I just go look at the bottom of the WGC leaderboards. This is a great tradition. Uh, this is like trims the fat of of that even is like it. These so uh, forty eight players competing to win the individual world championship. Which if it, if it's not a belt, I'm out. <laughs> uh, Twelve teams of four competing to win the Team World Championship in a compelling league format that will generate the strongest possible seasonal narrative, which going back to the, like, I don't know how they they form these teams. Would there be a draft? That'd be kind of sick. That would be phenomenal. Uh, this, what is, yeah. what, like, this is where I want to stop it right here. Is like they are close to a lot of good ideas in a lot of this. Yeah. So, okay. There's a lot of different directions that we can go here. And you guys... I'll yeah. I'll say a bunch of stuff and you guys pick sure. which direction you want to go. This feels like the commissioner Fred Dave Hoffman. hundred percent. And it so is, that was gonna be my first point. It's is, a one-eighth baked idea. It's not even a half baked well, idea. So I think that it's I think a lot of this is just politics because I think it is totally fully baked. Like if they've been working on it for six years or eight years or whatever, and they've approached all these people, they have all this financing allegedly. I've, like, I've heard, I do I've heard think there's it's, a, a literally there's a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Sitting in the bank in a bank account, like they they have it fully. They have a billion dollars fully set aside, liquid. Like I do think it, it is tomorrow. fully baked. It's, it, Tron's associates in Switzerland, <laughs> <laughs> but 
I think when you issue a completely unbyline, like unnamed press release like this, you can literally say anything you want. So let's take all this with a grain of salt that like, yeah, maybe some of this stuff might come true, but also if it doesn't, like nobody's going to care. What are you going to (laughs) do? It's not like we can just say whatever we want to drum up excitement about it. Just look at the name change. There's been three name changes. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that's, that's, I, I would say a knock. Uh, there's a lot of knocks. There's a lot of knocks, but also there's candidly, like a lot of things I kind of like about it. Oh, and you tell me if you don't like any of these things. I love the team aspect. No. Okay. Not the way to do it. All right. We'll circle back to that. (laughs) I love 54 holes instead of 72 holes. Sure. I think that's fine. Yeah. I love a four month off season. Yep. I think that's great. I kind of low key love the shotgun starts. I think it's like chaos in that this is bullshit he had to start on the hardest hole is a storyline every week. I think that's kind of fun. Thinking about the telecast, there would literally always be, all the players are on the course at all times. There's always going to be somebody doing something. The best thing about a shotgun start would be if they had the chaos of the finish. If they go off in twosomes, they're stacking they're stacking six groups. <laughs> They'd have a B a They B have group. an A and a B group <laughs> on par fives and on the longest par four. But like that would be, if they found a network partner, which I don't understand the network part of it yet, Whoever's broadcasting this has to be able to show all the drama all at once in multiple locations. Oh my God, no! Like the current partners cannot. But do you're that. also not on the. You're not on air. For Nine hours. You're, on, you're yeah. on the air for three days, five hours. Very tight. Yeah, I'm just saying, like at, in the moments, like figure, like maybe it's a quad box thing. I don't know exactly how you do it, but it, I want to preface all of this with like you could just throw out anything. You can say anything you want <laughs> about this, but what they put in their weird fucking release was. You know, basically like digital coverage of every single group. Watch any player you like want a red zone at option, all times. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, of course, you're probably just hucking him from the cheap seats trying to drum up interest at this point. But if that's true, sick. I'm in. Another thing I like, I think 48 players, You, this sounds incredibly uh, cold to the bulk of the PJ Tour, but you're quote unquote like trimming the fat, right? You're. I think Eamon Lynch wrote a really good piece for Golf Week, and the way he put it was you know, each, each week or each of these 18 weeks, you're kind of getting rid of the, uh, the inconvenience of having to go through these other players who might ha- be having to have a, you know, a hot week that week. So I think having 48 players would lead to like the PJ tour always talks so much about trying to create rivalries, right. And how hard that is when you have, Oh shit. Like Andrew Landry, you weren't supposed to play well this week. Like it was supposed to be Phil versus, you know, whatever. Because as much as you subsidize the purses, if, if, if one of the guys that's not generating interest wins, that's kind of a fly in the ointment, right? I think I thought Eamon's uh, closing quote was great. If the rumbling about a breakaway tour effort persists, the tour might have might just have to consider that the cost of appeasing its antsy thoroughbreds is thinning the herd of workhorses also cluttering the track each week. So I think that's good. I think the other <laughs> Eamon had another good uh, he had another good line, which was like the, this was going to be the exact stat I was going to go look up. Which was the hundredth ranked player on the PJ Tour money list last year? Carlos Ortiz made how much money? Do you think one point two million? One point two million dollars for finishing one hundredth. Compare that to the ATP, uh, and you make like almost double what that that player makes in the ATP. And so that's I don't think we expressly said this, but that's the point of all of this is that the top players in the game are subsidizing the you know lesser players which, in it the seems game. like Rory's which I think everybody agrees like that's that's massively true and right? that, we've been making that point on repeat because like 
I, like I've, I've used this analogy a lot of times and for some reason the same guy always get, becomes the brunt of this joke but like when Rory and William McGirt both tie for eight they both walk away with the same amount of money yeah despite the fact that one of them William McGirt of course puts butts in the seats come on guys that was a good one <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all separately googling the money yeah. list to try to pick out other bad examples I'm, well I'm googling the uh, the ATP money list because it seems like, like all right no, Novak Djokovic career earnings what would you say his career earnings are Thirty-seven million dollars. Hundred and forty. Okay, million I don't really follow. Closely, <laughs> Federer, one hundred and twenty-nine. Nadal, one hundred and twenty. But you know, so so looking all at more it that than way, cat. All, it's all yeah. more than cat. Exactly, and and they've and they've all kind of split split up the pot over the last. So I was going to say three years. players playing at the same time in the same generation have have all earned yeah. more than the greatest player to ever and play for, a sport. For uh, <laughs> for some context, Sampras forty-three million. So it seemed like you know, obviously things really took off. Uh, Agassi, 31 million. So the next closest to Nadal at 120 is Andy Murray at 61 million. So so those guys have made all of them at least twice as much as the next closest guy. Right. Yeah, and it's just, and so like, if I'm asking you this, what, what, what value did Charlie Hoffman and Patrick Rogers provide to the tour this week and to farmers and to the event this week? What? I guess it was hundreds of thousands of dollars, according to the... Uh... They both made $181,000. I did not see one Patrick Rogers shot, and they may have shown him, but I did not see one. And that's not a slight to those guys No, at no, all. no. Yeah. Like, just... They're obviously very like worthy players, but like the way we've talked... like This is a culmination of so many things we've talked about over the course of years on this podcast all like coming together. And that if, if eventually these harsh realities get faced, that this is just a weird entertainment business... Then like why are all the like why is Tom Hoagie walking away with three hundred and seven thousand dollars? Yeah, who's for, creating the value? Yeah, it's like why? I, I get that he finished yeah. fifth, and like that's the way this whole thing works is like this ultimate meritocracy. If you both roll the ball out, and your pay is based on your performance, but like that's not how a lot of sports work. Which, yeah. And it's cool, you know. There's there's two, there's two points here. I think there, it's cool in that there is the, the whole under, like the entire underdog component of golf, right? That that. You know, you've got a bunch of Davids. It's not. It's not just all Goliaths. So I have a theory on this too. That let's again massive leap of faith, but let's assume that everything goes down exactly the way they outline it in this weird press release. Suddenly, the majors turn into this awesome, like elitist versus the quote unquote underdogs. <laughs> the monsters are returning. <laughs> yeah, home. seriously, how cool that! Like, it all kind of makes the majors better, right? Yeah. Where you have these forty-eight guys roll into you know, Wingfoot this year, and you have this whole, you have 110 other players with chips on their shoulders. Spitting on You know, fuck these guys, man. Like, you know what I mean? I I just, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's kind of a cool aspect of it. The other thing with the tour, um, talking to some guys this week about it is, it is significant that these guys have to cover their own expenses. For, yeah, right? tour, so, you for know, a lot of guys, that's significant. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, granted, if you are Carlos Ortiz and you're, you know, making 1.1 million after you pay your caddy and you pay taxes and you pay, you know, I'm not, I'm not crying poor for him, but it's not 1.2 cash in the bank. You're probably spending 150 to $200,000 between travel and swing coach and all that stuff. What I hear people say is like they, their take home is one third of what's reported on their PGA tour page. Especially now that the, that a lot of the equipment money and, and apparel deals have dried up for yep. for those guys outside of the top fifteen to twenty. And to be clear, take home I mean on that is after taxes, after expenses, after paying swing coach, trainer, caddy, all the bonus for the caddy, all the tips and the lock, everything. Like you write off, it's like yeah, you take on like one third of it. You have swing but, coach. <laughs> I need, I need swing, swing coach. coach. So 
I agree with that. And, but like, whose problem is that? No, it, but, I mean, it's, it's just the way that it's structured. It, it's worth especially acknowledging. with the whole independent contractor thing. But it's also worth acknowledging, like, like I didn't know it before last week, that every pro that makes the U.S. Open gets 10 grand. Yeah, to even if you miss the cut. Even yeah. if you miss yeah. the cut, yeah. which, you know, seems like, all right, cool, you know, trim the fat a little bit. Because I do think there's there are way too many PGA Tour cards. There's way too many guys in some of these fields. Which, to Shackelford's point, too, is like, again, the way and why this all works this way is like the PGA Tour's mandate. Their actual yeah. responsibility on the executive level is to provide playing opportunities for tour members. Yeah. So, like, their executive pay is at least an aspect of their pay is based on how many, like the literal number of starts that are made over the course of a year in the PGA Tour. Hence the reach around season. Hence 156 yeah. players and hence 47 events or whatever it is. So like that's why. But of course, like yeah. all that makes sense. But what I, I keep like coming back fan, to like, is like, as a problem. fan, I don't give a fuck about that. No, no, no I agree. That. Yeah, I agree. Not my problem. You don't have to tell yeah. me that. So and next week too, like there's, there's 12 guys on major medicals or minor medicals next week in Phoenix. So that, Twelve guys. So that's a, a good example too, and and I'm not even like riding for this idea. I, I just think it's really fun and really interesting to talk about. But I think what's super fascinating is when you really start. Like the, there was a line again in the weird ghost written press release. It, it, we need to go back to it's that. It's like satirical. Good, if we wrote yeah, it, it would be like yeah. satire. Yeah, there, there's. I a, thought I was getting punked at first. <laughs> <laughs> there's a line in there that ex, like explicitly says. If you were going to blow up, you know, if you were going to restart golf, it wouldn't look the way that it does today. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, mm. no, that's totally, that's totally true. Like, and why so, does it exist the current way it does, right? So one of the things, like when you start talking about major medicals and like, well, how do you decide whether this guy's in the field or well, this guy got in because of this and this exemption leads to this and this guy's got this many left on his medical and this plus this plus this, it's like man, it would be a lot easier to explain to somebody if there was just 48 guys who got in and nobody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. And so I think, again, there was another very stupid line in there that was talking about, like, you know, we're growing. Of course, there was grow the game stuff in there. And it's easy to roll your eyes at it. But when you really start thinking about it, I'm curious what you guys think because I have my own answer. But, like, does something like this is it good for the sport? If this, again, assume everything goes through the way that they spell it out, is it good for the sport? Because I am going to get on the block that like, I think it actually is, even though there are major reservations and we have no idea whether this is all being funded by MBS or some weird Saudi collective well, think, or think, whatever. But just from it, if it happened, would it would more people watch golf? Even if it doesn't happen, it is, it's, a, it's a great thought exercise. Right, it is going to force. It's going to force the issue. It's either going to give leverage to the to the players as this new rights deal gets signed, which that's kind of the sickest part about it. It's yeah. like Monahan has this thing basically sitting on his desk, and which the tour hasn't announced yet. Which you got to yeah. wonder. Like it was yeah. reported by the Sports Business Journal that the TV deal was done, but it hasn't been announced announced yet. And we got to wonder if this is like a huge contingency being built in this because, contract. Because I've thought, would it be sick if CBS signed a seven hundred million dollar uh, <laughs> contract and then all the players left? Yes, yeah. that would be kind of sick. <laughs> um, I've thought it's likely in the next three years, assuming the TV deal were to go down as planned, that the the PGA Tour buys the European Tour. Yeah, and kind of unify. Like, all right, you figure out a way to unify the 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 Rolex series and the FedEx Cup and all that, and make it essentially like that. You know, like the ATP one thousand or the ATP one hundred or one thousand, kind of like that that well, elite series. Before we even get there, the though, like, why is that the goal, or why is that good? Well, I think you you've got I mean? it. Yeah, I think you've got to like unify the whole thought exercise here. You know, well, yeah, I mean, the European Tour legitimately loses money for three straight years. 
and then they have a Ryder Cup year, and it funds the next three years, which they lose money. Two years. No, like th- the, for their home Ryder Cup. They only get, oh yeah oh yeah that's true. the home yeah. ones are the ones yeah. they make money off of. So like 2018, they made money. Yeah. They're in the black. They're going to lose money the next three years, and then 2022. Like so, I I, well, I don't yeah. know if I, I'm assuming overall that nets out near zero or somewhere near there where they can. Stay My whole thing would just be like I I think that would be good for the game because it would it would be a unifying factor of of. Like the you know the yeah, WGC I just wonder what happens to the the top, the next one hundred players. A question that not a lot of people could care to answer. The right? other thing that that we talk about often, DJ, is is there's it seems like there's a lot more similarities between a corn ferry event and kind of the bottom half of the PGA Tour schedule versus the bottom half of the PGA Tour schedule and say you know the majors and memorial oh, and yeah. players and you know some of those top tier events. Yeah, the schedule feels like it's getting very bifurcated. Yeah. So you know what's the what's to say that that the fall series and some of those other events like they're they're already kind of a de facto developmental series yeah. feeding in. Um, the other news from the player advisory council meeting was I guess they're gonna the, the tour is devising a new world ranking system. Their own world ranking system, yeah, because yeah. they're getting screwed from the official world golf ranking system. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I'm just gonna leave that there. Hmm. Did Alex Norton, Alex Norton keep his card? No, he did. Uh, <laughs> so to answer your question, is this good for the game of golf? It depends. There's layers to that question because I think you asked it two different ways. I think this will lead to more people watching golf. Yes. I don't necessarily think it's good for the game of golf. Why not? I think this is like, I don't know what the PGA Tour becomes after this, but it's already like on the brink of like not that watchable. The way and it's spelled out it's here, like it dead. becomes a feeder tour for yeah. this PGL. Yeah. Which is an incredibly like jarring, bold <laughs> claim to make. But like, do the PGA I, Tour is kind of just a runaway money making machine. Do I think this is going to create like drama and really cool? Like, they're going to nail all the details that are going to make this important and good? Like, no. Like, well, I so don't, that, like, yeah. it's not, this place, this is not going to be like, the world tour of amazing, wonderful golf courses with, you know, perfect architecture. It's going to be like events and like all the most boring locations, which follow the money. It's like, there's going to be events in Saudi Arabia. There's going to be events in Singapore. There's going to be middle like events in the middle of the night. Like it's not going to be something that, you know, as much as the, it is mundane week to week on tour, there's like a built-in history with so many of these places. Like how many times have we seen guys make putts on the 18th green at Torrey Pines? Like that is part of the reason you tune in every week. And so losing all that tradition for a glorified WGC tour and the WGCs have sucked <laughs> over the years. No, like I am not in on that. Uh, I Where do, I think yeah. you, you asked about the team aspect, like trying to do individual and team Complete disaster. I think that is an absolute disaster. This I disagree on that. Has but. to be the like Champions League of golf, and this is like or like T twenty in cricket. Like this is totally separate. This is t- just teams, and you only are playing match play. But like, the Champions League, like they also they play those teams play in the or sorry the Champions League, and then there's like the the you know, Euro final, right? Like there's, there's different yeah, yeah, yeah. cups it's, that you can play. It's for. different. I'm just saying like, this has to be like a totally separate league and format and a, a totally different vibe other than like going and watching individuals play stroke play. So I think that's something you were touching on. There is a massively important thing to point out, which is that there's a idealistic version of how this can mm-hmm. shake out. And there's a realistic version of how this can shake out. And I think that the idealistic version is awesome. And I think it shakes out. I think if they, like you said, they nail all the details, I think that would be an extremely compelling product 
and I think it would get a lot more people to watch. And I think you could solve a lot of the issues that golf has. I think you could create more stars. I think people would get paid quote unquote fairly. You know what I mean by that? And I think that would be great. The realistic, the, the realistic version, like I have no confidence that anybody in the world is going to be able to talk to like this group of people and nail it. The I closest, do think, I do think though, like beyond the money, a guy like Rory or a guy like Tiger, how enthused he was after playing Royal Melbourne would be that. That seems like a really, really that would be a smart way for them to sweeten it for these guys by saying, you know, hey, we are going to go to really cool court, like a variety of really architecturally significant courses. That you know, I think that would be where your skill level will be yeah, rewarded giant even more. Yeah. yeah, I think the best version, if we go back to the idealistic version, is something you brought up, Tron, which is if the Euro Tour and the PJ Tour merged, and you basically allowed them to kind of bifurcate themselves in this way, where you, you almost have like a organized way of doing this exact thing, where it's like let's let's yes, let's take the best events from the PJ Tour and the best events from the Euro Tour and create a separate series. These guys are going to get paid more, blah, blah, blah. I think that makes more sense or seems more realistic to me. But, of course, that hasn't like even been talked about, so it's kind of pulling that out of thin air. Going back to the team thing, too. So let's say let's say a guy gets hurt. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, how does that, that work? I mean, I have so many, I have so many questions like procedurally about how this would work where like I, I almost feel like, all right, instead of doing – Teams of four, do teams of six and make it like high school or college golf to where, you know, you got six guys playing, you count four. You got five guys playing, count four. Um, you know, that and then... It can't be overstated how awesome, I think, maybe you disagree, Sally, but I don't think it can be overstated how awesome the team aspect could be. And this is where I think the team and individual, I think, totally works. If you have... Okay, if Rory McIlroy is your captain, quote-unquote... And he has to decide which players he wants on his team. Like, how is that not compelling every week? That just I'm saying just make a team. That I love the team part, but I hate like trying to be half in, half out. Like, but like I mean you have to answer. play your own ball, so like why not just it, I'm saying that it's almost like a byproduct, like you keep track of No, you're playing an individual stroke play tournament and then also like the team like, oh yeah, who's winning the tournament? Oh, Roy's winning. How's his team doing? I, I I don't really know. Like that's a lot to ask people to keep track of. Like with if you're gonna have everyone on the course at the same time and everyone like finishing at the same time, trying to keep track of like, oh yeah, who's winning the team aspect and their team is blah 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 and this team, but whoa, Rory, what does that yeah. mean? Like that is they a do it in lot. college golf. Although I That's mean, total, no no no, not no they don't. Not like yeah, they do. it comes down to match play. No, every tournament other than the NCAA yeah. championship yeah. is is well, I, exactly. I know, but like that's not on television. This yeah. is made for television. Like the, well, college right. golf is is compelling at the end. Sorry, some it's of it this is, team versus that team. Yeah, some of it is. Um, Going back to Formula One, which you've said, you're like, hey, I don't why. like, but yeah. Formula One is probably the closest approximation is where you have the the constructors series where each you know you got Ferrari and Mercedes and all that like they all have they all have the teams and then you get points based on finishes and all that, um, which would be funny if they had like a Callaway. Was, literally, that was one of my ideas. Yeah. Like the equipment companies own the teams. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, but like that was that was a really interesting part of all the press releases too. Was you know they would be. Equity stakes from some of the players. Where one of my things is, it seems like there's there's some players that are very very keen on this stuff that just want to grab the bag and run with the money, like like Phil. Um, well, I was gonna say uh, not to put two and two together too much, but Phil's nonchalance about appearing in Saudi Arabia and SoftBank's you know association with both of these things kind of seems like a an interesting. Uh, Coincidence, doesn't it? Well, and, and I think my my thing would be like, why, why, other than Phil delivering short term eyeballs, 
Like, I don't think it's, it, would, it would be valuable to have Phil own a team as he's turning 50 and the, his I games think, eroding. The I elements, think he'd be, he'd be so loose as an owner, oh, though. An sure. owner, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Like not as a player. Like, the elements to think about, like, fuck, if we're having a draft right now, like we could, how, how much content could we get out of? I know. If we had a draft right now, who are you taking? Like, yeah. who's going number one off the board? Like, think about it. Answer, I don't Rory. He's, th- he's in his 30s. Like, you want him for life or you want Rom? Like, or you want JT? Five extra years is a lot. Like, what are you taking? Like, it's a it's well, a real question for sure. Yeah, and then and then where's and then, Wolf go? And then, where's more and then some of these like some of these teams develop distinct identities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like yeah, they get this guy because they play their home matches are at Tory Pines. It's like so, Phil. Phil would be like Al Davis. <laughs> Swim, baby. <laughs> he'd be he'd be drafting the guy that runs a four two forty, and you know. But this is what I'm talking about. Is they no. have a home stadium and like totally. home fans, and like Tiger owns a team. Like that could be a ten event part of. So this is where I ultimately think this is all going to end up. Is there has to be for a lot of reasons. I'm not saying I would want this, but the tour needs to be involved in this, and that sounds like sacrilegious based on all the, our feedback. But I have a hard time seeing all these guys quit the tour and just be done with the PGA tour. I, I just don't believe that's going to happen. Whether I'd be sick if they did that, but it, from what it sounds like, the tour is going to flex the muscles. And and I believe one of the phrases that I've read is take legal action against those that would potentially be leaving the tour. I don't know what that means to your one pension. Of, one of their, one of the points in this, uh, it was in appendix yeah. a, the additional questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> After the press conference ended. Yeah, yeah let's see. Here. Sorry, we just didn't have time to get to these. <laughs> um, I read that too. It was like, yeah, well, our tour players' pensions being threatened is like, no, they've earned it. Like it's, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's basically deferred income. Yeah, it um, is, and they, it, which I understand. I don't know. Yeah. There's complications within that, and that to the point being like, all of this comes down to Tiger Woods. If they don't have Tiger, they do not have any of this. I would agree. I think. I think. Like, how? If you're a young player or something, how do you? But so, how, how do you go out on the cliff by yourself? That's right? why I think it makes sense for so Steiny to the, be actually the one commenting because yeah. he's just floating it and be like, "Yo, let's get this out in the room and take everybody's temperature on it. Let's get it out in the open so we yeah. can make an educated." No, decision. To your point, I don't think it's there's a decision to be made if there's no Tiger because I don't think there's money is there without Tiger. Well, that's probably true too. So. So well, tell me this. Tiger Woods I will just say, captained the, the 2019 President's Cup team run by the PGA Tour. Like, do you think like in, within the next year, he's like, okay, thanks, Tour. <laughs> like, I'm done. Thanks for the $120 million and all the other mil- – like, no, no, I'm good. Like, without – as far as I know, Tiger's never made demands of the Tour to change anything, any part of the structure. It seems like Rory's a hell of a lot more vocal than Tiger about the, the way that the money gets divvied up in the current structure. And for good reason. Has he spoke out about that publicly? I mean, yeah. he said it like his, his quote yesterday. I thought it was like, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I like I, I like the PGA Tour. It's it's home for me. Like, we're, I, I I have a hard time thinking we're just gonna, you know, go up and and totally upend the game. But at the same time, there are structural changes that need to be made with with regard to the top players' yeah. earnings. So, so, so that's where I think it's going to end up with the tour, like the players negotiating with the tour to get their their way on some things. So I agree with everything you said. However, however, how, how old is Tiger? 44, right? Like, are you really making a seismic decision on what the next 50 years of professional golf are going to be like based on the next five years that he's going to play professional golf? Is he making... No, saying- I'm saying like, okay, I agree. If they don't have Tiger, they don't have anything. Okay, well then what happens after Tiger retires? Why don't they just do it then? Like this is, there are issues you're going to have to face eventually here. 
right? I think they're trying to cash in on the Tiger Woods part of it. Like, no, I, I, I agree yeah. totally. But you know what I'm saying? Like that, if anything, that kind of just like kicks the can down the road to have to be dealt with later. Yeah. So I, it, I just don't know if they're thinking that far ahead. But point being, it, it does seem like you're going to have to make some changes so that, okay, if it doesn't happen this time, like how do we make sure it doesn't happen 10 years from now? I think that was Rory's point on, you know, hopefully this helps push the PJ Tour forward. Now, as a golf fan, what I'm not lobbying for here is like, man, hopefully the PJ Tour just embraces appearance fees and then everybody will be happy because that doesn't fix any of mm-hmm. the the holes in the market here. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't fix why it's boring to watch golf. It doesn't fix why there's no rivalries. It doesn't fix any of that shit. It, it puts more money in Rory's pocket. Uh, nobody loves Rory more than me, mm-hmm. but I can't say I felt like super warm and fuzzy when he won $15 million at Eastlake. That didn't really change my my worldview this, all that much. This was an interesting quote in here. Multinational blue chip brands want to reach golf's valuable fan base, but some have walked away and others have failed to engage, unable to justify the return on investment. These brands want to be associated with the best, but off, but too often struggle to, to work out where the best will play, which is mm-hmm. totally true. Like imagine being a title sponsor on the tour and you don't ponying up playing, that yeah. and then Tiger doesn't show up at your event for yeah. 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's where I keep coming back to the tour, like needing to be involved with this because it is, as it reads now, one or the other, right? You can't Correct. have the league, the team league, and the PGA Tour. Right. Like, you can't be a part of both of them. So if the tour, like, do I trust the tour to like get all the details of this right? No, but let's, let's dream for a second. I think that is, that is an important thing. Like, the, the, the reason that this conversation is even happening is because of the tour's shortcomings and some of the things, because of. Yes. The, how shitty CBS has been. Like all yeah. that stuff comes back to why we're even having this conversation. I, I totally agree. Now, so with the, so uh, this is very separate from the match for me because the match felt like a one-time thing that like, hey, let's do this weird random thing. And I felt like the tour came in and neutered it a little bit, which I don't think mm-hmm. is necessarily the case here. I think what the, they had, the players have so much bargaining power here. That it's like, hey, no, we want to start this, you know, big grab bag of money thing. It is 10 events. Like we already have opposite field events. Like give us like 10 team weeks a year. Yeah, maybe. I struggle with that though. Cause like Zurich is, is the good. No, exa- no, no, Like not like team, like me and you are partners. Like, Hey, no, no. Team Tiger is playing team like Phil this week. But doesn't that just feel like it's going to turn into like a shitty Aeon risk reward thing that is like so manufactured. It sounds like the WWE or WWF. Like I, I, I see what you're, I see where you're going. I see where you're going, but it just feels like such a half measure that's not like it would get fucked up in like the marketing department, right? Where it would just turn into it almost seems like a national team how to, going and playing a friendly, like a soccer, like like you know the U.S. is going to play Costa Rica just to warm up for the Gold Cup or for. But or I think we US. would just make fun of that World as Cup like, well, it's just an exhibition that's like made up for TV. Like, why do I'm not going to care about this? You know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah. feels like they have to go. I don't know. Not without overstating it, like it does feel kind of like a watershed moment where it's like you got to decide which which side you're going to be on because that I think I don't think you can half-ass the fixes that are being exposed here. Yeah. So, so all right. I don't think you can throw marketing at it. I don't think you can like. I, I just I don't know, man. It's very 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 complex. Some of, all right. So I got a, I got a few questions for you guys. Who would your twelve owners be? Oh, that, that that is. Three different podcast episodes. Like, <laughs> are we saying? Let's just lean in. Are we it. saying I mean, players or owners? Or yeah, are we I would assume it's former it's players, players or owners or celebrities or owners. I mean, I would think. I would think t- I mean? Tiger, Phil, Ernie. I don't think it would have to be players. I think there's. I think uh, the yeah. owner. Well, so okay, serious point. Yeah. But one, I just want to try to make sure we get all things we're we're supposed to talk about here. But like, 
a massive difference in this new league would be the fact that, you know, we kind of jab all the time at player-run organization. This would be an owner-run organization. And so there would be a lot of the world's best players who would be in a very, very different spot than they're in right now, which is we're the boss, like we're the the union, we make the rules, yeah. do everything to make us happy versus, oh, shit, MBS is the owner. Uh, and he wants me to go do this. Like, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, tough shit, man. You're, you signed up. You got to go play all 18 events. But even if you're an if, equity owner, you're still, it's still a certain percentage it's a, it's and a you're not a majority. Owner, you know? yeah. owner-based yeah. league yeah. instead of a player-based league, However, which is a massive difference. What, what, does this help? Okay. Well, uh, MB, I'm MBS, uh, <laughs> sir, Mr. Mr. McElroy, uh, we'd like to sign you for, to a four year, $100 million deal to play for our team. Please. Totally. Would you be interested in that? No, I, I get it, but it's 10 events a year, 10 team events God, a year. Can you imagine free agency? That's what I'm saying. It'd be awesome. Like, it, it, so I don't think you're getting any of the excitement of what we're talking about here with an individual and a team aspect of it, like kind of formula one with a stroke play event. Like, I don't think that's what it is. I, I don't just, think you're getting that. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm struggling to grasp why why you're not into that because I think, I mean, it's as long as you're always playing your own ball, anyways. Like, you're always going to know who shot the lowest score. So why don't you have an individual winner every week in well, Formula One when when the two got like when yeah when Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton or you know whomever are like like you you have two guys on the same team going at it for a win like they're still they're still competing just as hard and and crazier shit even happens because of that which I didn't realize as I was reading the uh, the handbook this week that the, there's also an express line in there that uh, a player shall not have any financial interest either direct or indirect in the performance or winnings of another player in any event so hmm. minus the Zurich classic minus the Zurich classic but uh, yeah that's kind of an interesting you know just another Reason so the tour is probably not going to sign else off on it tomorrow. Would be like how like this forty eight? Is it purely objective? Is it purely? I think it would have to be a draft. draft. How do right? guys like can like get let's relegated? say somebody just plays like absolute shit? Would they get relegated and then do they go back crawling to the tour with their, with right. their tail between their legs? Like, yeah. I, you know that that's that's the wildest part to me. And I would assume so. I, again, was deep in the handbook this week, but I think the tour has. I could I read a lot. I might be mis, mistaken here, but I thought they had a one year. Uh, like a one-year um, kind of like sit-out period. If you've given up your membership and you want to come back, I gotta, I'll gotta, i double-check that. But I think it basically says like you can't just walk back in. You've got to wait like a 12-month 12 12 month period. I've got the name for the tour. It's the Cortez tour. <laughs> you burn the boats. Once That's you it. get once you jump over to the tour, you burn the boats. Well, I would think that would be the tour's main defense in this, right? Mm-hmm. Is like if changing a, a change to the handbook that's like if you – Give up your, uh, if you give up your membership, out. like you're out, yeah. you're out. You want whack arms? You gotta go through me. You're cut off. It's so, just amazing to me that the this somewhat exists out there with WGCs. Like, hey, let's do something to get the the players no cut and get the top players more money, and that they're still gonna go potentially go outside of this whole realm for more for a different golf league. I thought it was, but I think that's a good example of like, okay, who was that created to to benefit? It was created to benefit the players. Yeah. Then you've basically sacrificed making it interesting for the fans. Yes. And that's what creates this whole vacuum, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, for that nine hundredth time, I know they're they're pipe dreaming here, but if everything went according to what they've laid out, like, yeah, it kind of is interesting for the fan and good for the players. So it's that seems like a uh, I don't know. It seems like the best compromise. I've One of the seen. most interesting parts was there's a flex on the FedEx Cup being convoluted in here in this in this Q&A there's there's a flex on 
the fact that the tour doesn't pay taxes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which the line, I believe, is first off, we're going to pay taxes. Yeah. Um, Again, we don't one. know where that money's coming from, and it could be deeply, darkly uh, disturbing places. You plan to launch the league in January 2020, 2022. Will you succeed? We were told you can't take on the establishment <laughs> and win, but we aren't taking on the establishment. We intend to work with it. Yeah, that was Who a tense moment you? of the press conference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who told you you couldn't take on the establishment? Who the fuck said that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and then they, they said, um, you know, 20% of this will be owned by a, fa a foundation that they're going to set up. Um, they well, they will, also said that they, they, they will pay taxes because they bet they trust the government to distribute that money yeah, properly. Set off. That's going to be a huge, yeah, hugely popular amongst uh, <laughs> the world's best golfers. Amongst sure. the, the, the very liberal leaning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, PGA Tour locker room. But it said... Did Bob we, Estes sign off on yeah, this? Yeah. Um, we've also created a foundation that should generate approximately 300 million in dividends and a lump sum of 2 billion by 2028. Part of this will go back into the game. The rest will support charitable causes in perpetuity. So they, they said, you know, the PGA tour has had and should continue to have a tremendous charitable impact. At one point they're like, yeah, we're basically going to funnel money back to these organizations that already exist both amateur golf and professional golf, which would lead me to believe like, yeah, you're, they're going to, they're going to provide welfare to the PGA tour. <laughs> Another popular locker room. They're a player. charitable organization. Um, I love it. Will top players really leave their existing tours to join? There are a number of, a number of reasons we believe they will. The first being money. <laughs> <laughs> also the last. <laughs> One question for you guys: Was the Greg Norman thing back in the early nineties, like ninety four? Was that a was the are the WGCs a direct result of that? More or less. I mean, I don't because they say they they kind yeah. of they I kind think of it's his idea that. with like the mustache and the glasses on. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is the new tour. I, I think that was Fincham's idea. Yeah. I, I don't know. I could definitely be wrong about this, but the grossly uh, oversimplified version is I think Greg Norman was kind of floating something very similar to this, and Fincham was like, yeah, 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 we're definitely not doing that, but here's the WGCs instead. Have you spoken to the players? Are they supportive? Apologies. We aren't in a, any position to discuss <laughs> with any players. Next, next question, please. So no players have committed? Unfortunately, we can't discuss at this stage. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, you know, like I, I thought it was interesting. Shaq in his column said, you know, he's look, like basically he's had access to documents. He's looked at them, and they, it sounds he's like I was blown away at how how cogent and well thought out, and and I guess this this the rain group is pretty well thought of. And yeah, I mean, it's like legitimately the document reads like I'm not joking when it's like something we would type up like more of a parody, but it's kind of like. It seems like a middle finger document. I'm like, no, no, we're not messing around. Like, we're going to even be the bold. other stuff, the actual yeah. outlines of of what. That's like, what I'm saying. This is real. Yeah. I clearly, this is very, very real thing. I think it just all goes back to like one decision point. It's like, is Tiger Woods going to middle finger the tour? Like, I think the whole thing is contingent 100 on that. Um, and I don't think he will. I could be wrong. I don't. If he's offered an ownership stake in this, and that's why I I, I, I can only picture this happening with the tour coming to the table. Either saying like, either you know, I, I don't even know if this is a desire of a lot of players, but I think one of the things that is very appealing to this to for, of this for the top players is the appearance fee money, like getting paid off the top, which the tour has mechanisms in place to be able to do that. They like to say that you don't, they don't pay it, you can't get paid appearance fees on tour, 
but that's not really the case. Like RBC is funneling money to players, you know, through sponsorship to play in their events and hashtag Team RBC. There's stuff that <laughs> goes on week. <laughs> at a lot of events. Like I could name no, two weeks. They do Harbor Town too. Yeah, oh, that's true. I could name names of events that do it, but to protect confidentiality <laughs> information, I won't. But like it happens. But like that's one thing that like could like spring out of this. Like no, no, no. if you're in. You know, this whatever Q rating, like, you can get a million bucks to show up at a tournament. And that is kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's like, I think that would solve the problem for the players, but I think it would just kick the can down the road on a lot of other stuff. And I think golf would, the telecast wouldn't change, the fan experience wouldn't change, the, there wouldn't be more star players, people would have more money in their bank account. That would be the only thing that would fix. Yeah. Other, I mean, so a lot of the talk in their, not in this transcript, but in, in, in the other outline that they released was you know talking about the actual you know televised product right and yeah how, they seemed set on like no no we're gonna make this more entertaining yeah and and you know granted they'd have to go they'd have to go negotiate yeah that's what i was gonna say they would have to figure out a lot like a they'd have to figure out like a domestic media partner assuming that the tour locks up its media rights like who is willing to who's gonna go shell out equal or greater value for you know televised golf and then internationally, I think that was like a big thing that, you know, the tour wrapping up their discovery stuff and kind of putting all of their international rights into one deal is a lot different than going in and negotiating individually with every single country, uh, which is what the tour used to have to do. So, uh, and what you would think this new group would have to do. So I don't know, man, it's, there's it's so like there, we could great talk about us. it for three hours. There's so say. much to, and then there's this is part one to get yeah. into. And then, you know, like let's say most of the events are in prime time in the U.S. Like you know maybe there's less of them and there's but it's a cleaner broadcast. You have to you know like that's that's appealing right to sponsors and to. I hope that would be the fallout of it. Like I I, I can't help but think though it's going to be kind of like Dubai this week, which is not great for U.S. viewers. But like if there's an event in the Middle East, like those times don't line up very great for the U.S. If there's, there's events a in Asia, lot of fucking golf fans outside the U.S. Though, I know, also. Yeah. I know, but I'm saying like this would suck for uh, for fans. It is telling, though, that a lot of those golf fans live in Europe and you see how much wind the European tour is, is sucking right yeah, now as far yeah, as financially, true. you know? They're like, there's a reason that the PGA Tour is the worldwide you yeah. know, leader in golf. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about would just be like if, I don't know why nobody's tried this. And and so the bad little nine out in, out in Scottsdale, like the, shout, shout out to, to the troops. Shout out to the troops, <laughs> you know, Bob Parsons. Could you imagine watching like, Let's say it was a team event even of like, you know, every year they switch it up a little bit and they do two or three events of, you know, hey, like, like just in this theme of rethinking everything, go send like Tiger and Ricky and JT to go play that course. You got like 60-yard wedge shots to the craziest crown greens I've, you've ever seen. Like seeing seeing Bacon or, or Zach or those guys' videos of playing that course. Like I think that would be so much more fascinating to watch on TV as like a, just a all right, we do this once every four years. We go to the bad little nine. And sure. Just... There's a, a ton, again, a ton to like about this, but I just net out at like, okay, the, 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 the power the tour has in this scenario is very, very, very real, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. And like, I just don't, I can't picture, you know, 50-50, if you're deciding right now if this happens or not, with the deciding factor being the tour players are going to nuke their PGA Tour status, I don't think that they will. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I guess if, if it was 50-50, I would probably say, no, it's not going to happen as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who do you think that the players first to leave, like with one foot out Phil. the door are? 
right? Phil's I, feel, on his I way feel like out. Phil's turning into like a diet version of Gary Player, <laughs> <laughs> minus the you know unsavory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. If Tiger said no, I think Phil would try to be the ringleader. It'd be like yeah. it's like which Phil, think, Bryson, Patrick Reed, which I think right? there's a very real scenario here too where. You know, to your point, I know what you're saying in like a macro sense. Like, if they don't have Tiger, they don't have it. But what's to stop if they had a couple guys like, and they've been working on it for this long, and they have the money lying around in a bank account? Like, they might very well make a push at it, right? So there could be this weird splintered thing where you have Phil and Brooks and Bryson and Patrick Reed, and like, and then you have a bunch of weird guys from like the you know number sixty five in the world, and like you have this group of misfits that go give it a shot and then like the private equity money dries up or something. And then these guys are just like, hang, SoftBank makes yeah. one too many bad bets. Yeah. On they're just and, like hung out in the wind. Well, I don't, so I, well, there's the one, a million. The one aspect just, of this we haven't talked know. about is the, the power of the tour players now have, especially the top ones with the reported dollar amount increase in media money that's coming yeah. in. Like the power they have to go to them, and be like, "Yo, like, where <laughs> is that money going? Yeah. Because I would like some of that, and yeah. I deserve some of that, and should get some of that." And I don't mean just like paying, adding more money to purses, which is, the purses are definitely going to go up, but three hundred extra million yeah. bucks, like, and it wasn't a. I don't think it was a coincidence. Like, I think PGA Tour media or the Players Championship media is next week. Yeah. Correct? Why did they? Why did they announce the purse increase? This past week, why didn't they just wait to media day? Like, I think they floated that out there, you know, to kind of yeah. counter some of that. I think 2.7 million. One of the things I thought was interesting in their release, again, yeah, we could talk about this for five more hours. Oh, believe, believe me, we will. <laughs> uh, but, you know, referencing breaking away from the PGA of America back in the 60s to form the – like to form the PGA the first thing I thought of. is like, man, I guess this kind of has happened before. Yeah, and then they talked about English Premier League. They talked about um, ATP. They talked about cricket like World Series cricket and how, you know, kind of the shorter matches yeah. and all that. So, And that's where I think if if I was betting, you know, after hearing myself talk about it for an hour and a half now and <laughs> crystallizing thoughts a little bit more, I could see it if it gets kicked down the road, like happening in a post-Tiger world where he doesn't hold all the A cards. more dialed back version of it, yeah. potentially. But I just don't know if the, if all the money... Because really, even to make it fair for, no. for, like, based on their, the principles or the philosophy that they're using, cool, like, give Tiger 20% of this, and then the other team owners get 2%. Well, like, so, so if you want something that Tiger important. can do into his later years that doesn't necessarily yeah. involve, like, playing a lot of golf... Mm -hmm. Let him be like a, being the captain. A he captain slash owner yeah. of one of these teams that goes on and plays match play, not stroke play. But that's, that's but saying, where it's well, at. Well, to your point, though, like what you just said, I don't know if the money's there in a post-Tiger world. Okay, do you think it's there to subsidize fucking Scott Brown and like those guys? Uh, apparently. No. <laughs> like on the PGA Tour, I think it is. In 20 years from now, you think like the Dude, FedEx no one's Cup winners winning now and the money's going way up. Like, I don't know how. After I, reading that No Mercy, No Malice newsletter that, about FedEx. And, yeah, it sounds like FedEx has their own issues but, going on. But, like, but, but even basically, all right, so going back to the question earlier about who are the 12 owners, you have, or, or captains or whomever. So Tiger's essentially subsidizing those 11 other guys mm -hmm. too. You have the same problem just on a, on a lesser well, scale. But like, think about his team. Like, let's say his team is the whatever, the the Cats. I really hope they don't go with team names. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about oh, that. Oh, that'd be awesome that, if they oh, did. Oh, God, that would be the so cats, painful. How much merchandise would the Cats sell? <laughs> 
like think about that could be the most yeah. valuable franchise right off the bat. He would ha- have an ownership at the stake in this. He could sign Frank's the mascot. He could get you know you know sign Rory to whatever contract he wanted to or all these things. I think it. God, you let me dream about a, a league with uh, teams and trades and free agent signings and cuts and yeah. the drama that goes with all that. We the cats uh, <laughs> trade the rights to the <laughs> shizzle. That'd be amazing. So, um, so I mean, yeah. Well, again, before we go further down a wormhole in this, like, do you guys have anything else we need that needs to be added? Now I think we're gonna have several discussions on. Yeah, this. Yeah, I think there's a there's a separate discussion about what what would you do from a from a media side of things. There's a separate discussion about yeah, like the, all the fun stuff you could do around it. There's a separate discussion about the reasons behind this and why it exists and why the what the tour has specifically failed on that have kind of created the conditions for this. Um, but going back, I think I think it's a thought exercise overall. Like I think either way, I think it's good for the golf fan, regardless of what happens. Yeah. Like Rory, Rory seems like a pretty well measured dude. Like he's not going to jump into this if it if if it seems like an absolute shit idea, even if there's a big pile of money in the short term. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's because that's not going to serve his long. Like he he t- he takes a long view. It's not going to serve his long term interests. Yeah. yeah, I had a extensive conversation with him about this a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to share the details of it, of course, but it is definitely. Definitely, decidedly not like, hey, here's a big stack of money. I'm going to run, do this. Like yeah. there was a ton of thought and consideration. But bottom line is, this. it's forcing the conversation is a good thing for golf fans. Yeah, I think right for sure. The question of like, hey, if you were to take golf away right now and rebuild it, it wouldn't look like it is. Is like fascinating. Like it's absolutely um, like a million times true. I can guarantee if you were to start over, like, sorry, Tom Hoagie, to make you a subject of this, like you wouldn't walk away with three hundred thousand dollars this week. <laughs> Like that's the way. Like it just—it's not the way it would end up being. Moving forward, once that new TV deal goes into place, once those details—you know—assuming that happens, it's going to be really interesting to see if the purses go up, like how that money gets distributed out to the players, how that extra money is distributed out. Do the purses go up proportionally to the, from four hundred million to seven hundred million? Like, it just seems like it's going to exacerbate 70%. all the problems. That yeah, we're or about. you know, the FedEx Cup goes up that much, or like, or do. Or do you make it more lopsided towards winners and yeah. the top five? Like how do you, you know, it, because all the FedEx Cup is is just a scheme to distribute massive amounts of money. Yeah, you know, we um, will see. I can't wait to see more that comes out week by week. The the and now that it's out there, there's nothing to stop. Well, it's great for us because like Golf Channel can't <laughs> run with this stuff, being a partner with PGA Tour, and like it, it is really just going to exist in the ether still for the most part because the tour is going to try to keep us yeah. as until a player possible. until a player like commits yeah. right. I hope that I wonder if players will get asked about it in press conferences. And going yeah, back, I mean, Rory already was right. Going back yeah. to the the like, whole um, TV deal thing, I can't figure out like CBS crying poor all the time. Like, well, yeah, you know, we got to we got to do all these commercials because it's just not profitable to broadcast this because the ratings are down. Cool. Like, why are you why are you offering up seventy percent more on the yeah. next TV deal? We would have been fine with you going away. You yeah. don't have to pay for this. <laughs> Separate discussion. So. All right, I think we're good to wrap it at that. Um, we have another interview coming later this week, uh, part two of a uh, discussion with Brad Faxon. I talked, caught up with him last week at the PGA show. Uh, more on putting and just another great poop story and just a, a, <laughs> lot, a lot to cover with Faxon. I could, we might do like eight of these throughout the course of the year. He is uh, just an all-timer. Just the facts. Me. Just the facts. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you for coming over tonight. I'm... Uh, 
It was fun, spirited discussion. I can't wait to circle back on the draft. Hey, Psych for the Saudi event. I was going to say, enjoy, enjoy the Bones <laughs> yeah. Invitational. Uh, the, we got the, uh, the the Corn Ferry goes down to Panama for the Latino America swing at Panama and then Columbia. LPGA is off this week. Uh, they are going down to the Vic Open and the uh, Australian Open. And, of course, we have, as the brands call it, the greenest show on grass. I don't know anybody yet that actually calls it that, but apparently they keep saying that they do. All right. Well, crack on. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys again at this time next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 